is a Woodside Church podcast. We have uh, a special guest preacher today, but we know him very well, I thought mo- most of you do. Uh, we have Tim and Catherine with us today. Now, some of you will know, probably most of you, that Tim is about to retire. Uh, Now, I just want to say a few words about that, and then I invite Tim to come and bring God's word to us. So Tim uh, is going to be speaking today, and he's going to be speaking next Sunday at the Great Denham site, and uh, this week we've got lots of parties planned, Uh, well, certainly one party I can think of planned, uh, in in the staff team, And, and Tim is stepping down on the staff team after 25 years. Uh, well, I tell you what, hold your applause. Hold your applause. Otherwise, we will never have time to hear him preach. Uh, so just hold your applause for a minute. There'll be a big chance for that. 25 years he's been on the staff team. He's going to continue as an elder, as one of the fathers in the church. So we're, we're pleased about that. Uh, but this is a momentous time for him and for Catherine, of course, uh, as he transitions into a new season. And it is my opportunity just to say a few things about who Tim is what Tim means to me, uh, and maybe he means to you guys as well. So what could we say about Tim Green? I have a list here. He's a man of the word. Loves his Bible, knows his Bible. He is my go-to person often on, where does it say that, Tim? And he knows. He's a man of the spirit. He has a passion for God's church, God's people. He's a church planter. He's planted churches. He's planted a site for us on the west of the town. He's also led churches. He's an elder. He's an amazing, skillful pastor. As well as all those things, he's also incredibly humble. He's someone who's happy to lead, but who's also happy to be in a team and give space for others to come through. That would be my story. When I came here 10 years ago, Tim was and has been tremendous support to me and given space for me. Uh, He has been a real go-to person for me when I've needed counsel, when I've needed wisdom uh, and insight. And I was thinking about you this week, Tim, and I wanted to publicly thank you for your friendship but in a particular way one of the and you'll know this (laughs) because you know your bible uh, you'll know this that one of the most famous friendships in the bible certainly in the old testament is between a man called jonathan and david king david and it says this in 1 samuel 23 which i thought describes you wonderfully it's describing jonathan and how he was a friend to david it says this Jonathan went to David and helped him find strength in God. See, that's what you do, Tim. You don't build things to yourself. You don't try and win people to yourself, although you're very winsome. You don't try and build something that is on you. You always point people to God. And so when I reflect on the times I've spoken to you and called you and heard you speak, you point us to God every single time. I even thought about the way that many people, including myself, say to you, uh, because you're 
beautifully skillful and partial when you lead funerals. And uh, many people, including myself, have said, Tim, will you do my funeral, please? <laughs> and then after I say that, I realize what I'm saying, you know. <laughs> I tell you for why. Because when you lead a funeral, we find strength in God. That's what happens. But you do that everywhere. And you're a huge blessing. You're going to be a massive loss. But I'm glad you're not going too far. And you remain an elder. But I know you're handing on your day-to-day responsibilities as you step from the staff team. Tim, you are a wonderful friend, a wonderful man. Thank you so much. And I want this very reserved people of group of people to stand up and be very unreserved. And as you come forward, Tim, maybe we could celebrate Tim as we applaud together. Thank you so much. Um, I don't think I've ever had an introduction like that one before. <laughs> I'm going to speak, so I'm going to try and hold it together. <laughs> and uh, oh, um, thank you so much. Uh, this church is who we are. It's where our identity is. It's such an amazing church family. Amen. That's you. You are an amazing church family here and on the other congregation as well and those who aren't here today. And it has been and is a privilege to serve you. Just to play a part along with many others in, in serving. And uh, just, this isn't, a, this isn't a speech by the way. It's, it's moving into a, a, a preach with some points, you know, uh, you know me. But I do want to say uh, thank you for amazing opportunities. Opportunities to go to other nations and to serve churches and leaders um, in places like India and other places as well. Support some in this church who were serving in China and in Lebanon and in Denmark and Italy in different places and that has been a real privilege and if it wasn't for this church family those possibilities and doors would never have opened up working alongside amazing leaders over this last 25 years and some of you have been around as long if not longer uh, than Catherine and I have and we'll know some of those amazing leaders that we have had Uh, some who are still here but others who have moved on Opportunities for preaching, opportunities for teaching God's word, opportunities for training others, opportunities to, oh, one of my highlights is just, uh, Ruth gave me this opportunity just to teach impact trainees uh, as long as we were at host church. We were called to Bedford, Catherine and I. It wasn't, let's toss a coin, It wasn't a rash decision. We were 12 miles away in a small town in the east of uh, this county of Bedfordshire, uh, Potton in the Sandy Biggleswade area. And 
it was 19, uh, no, it was in, sorry, it wasn't anywhere near 19, it was 1980-something, very early in the 80s. And we were a part of a different family of churches that knew and loved New Frontiers very much, but wasn't a part of New Frontiers. Uh, working it was very similarly, apostolically, in this nation and in the nations. In a time where that particular family of churches was experiencing a, a really powerful move of God's Holy Spirit. And at a leader's gathering up north, top of the A1 somewhere, I was flat on the floor under the power of the Spirit in a most dynamic, power-of-God-present type of meeting. I've only been in a few of those, that powerful, but that was one of them. And God gave me a crystal clear vision, which was of the John Bunyan statue on where the High Street, St. Peter Street and Broadway all meet. You know the one? Now, we were as fam more familiar with Cambridge and other towns than we were with Bedford, but we knew Bedford, you know, a bit. But I only studied that statue after receiving that vision and saw how clear and accurate it was to that. And I felt God saying to move to Bedford. It was a calling. But as I... Uh, finally got onto my feet. A man with a really renowned prophetic ministry at the time came straight over to me and said, don't be divided between two places. We had already planted a church here. Um, and uh, but he, he said, don't be divided between two places, Bedford, not Potton. He had no idea what I had just been seeing in my mind's eye that God had given. And as I then drove down uh, the A1... I was having a conversation with God. And the conversation with God went something like this. Lord, there are churches there already. We were friends with Dave and Silla Devonish. We had the same vision. Two different church families, but we used to meet and we used to pray on a monthly basis. And I was aware of what God was doing in Bedford. And what God was doing was wonderful. And God just said this to me very clearly. And these conversations don't happen so clearly every day. I mean, he speaks every day, but not in this kind of way. This was a developing calling. And it was this. If every church that calls itself a church in that town was to do everything that I wanted them to do, there would still be more to do in that town. And I believe that the same is true as much today as it was then. And then I said, well, Lord, what will they say? Well, God didn't answer that directly. He just said, if you don't go in, I will not be able to do all that I want to do in that town. And I believe for all of us, wherever God puts us, there's a call of God on our lives to serve him and to make a difference in a way nobody else can. And then God said this, and it wasn't in answer to any question. He said, you reach Bedford and you'll reach the world. At that given time, we had no idea what the impact of that statement was. Now, I did ask other questions as well, like, um, Lord, what about Catherine? I mean, she wasn't with me at the time, and... Uh, 
we heard from God together, we tested it, we had others, you know, in consultation afterwards and the churches that we were responsible for and so on, other leaders that oversaw us. But in 88, 1988, we moved to Bedford. And then, cut a long story short, we moved to Woodside in 1994 when another move of the Holy Spirit was going on amongst a large number of churches across the planet actually not just locally and when we moved to here uh, we joined uh, I, I was invited I was a school, I, I'd been full-time uh, church leading um, but also sometimes I was teaching I saw it as my tent making. I gave all my heart to that as well as to church leading simultaneously. Sometimes the teaching became a very big tent. <laughs> but we were invited, I was invited to join the staff team, which I did in 1997, 25 years ago. And we see what has happened in this 25 years as the outworking of this God-given vision that God gave us. Now, everybody keeps asking us who knows that I'm retiring, either me or Catherine, what are you going to do? So to save that conversation happening ever more, I'm just going to tell you. I'll come back to our story a little later. Um, well, for the rest of July, after next week, I've got one more week, as Martin said, although um, I, I will be from Friday next week a, uh, joining those of you who are official um, state pension <laughs> aged people. I already have my bus passes in here. <laughs> haven't used it yet because I haven't had time. And uh, after next Sunday, uh, when I'm preaching the same message as Martin said at Great Denham, um, that'll be the last day I'll be working as a staff member, but we'll continue as an elder. But we will be on annual leave for the rest of July. And then we're having six months of complete rest from any responsibility. I can't remember a Sunday, apart from when we've been away on annual leave, over these last 25 years, when we haven't had some kind of responsibility, we're going to love. We're still going to be here. In fact, we'll probably be here as much as over in Great Denham. We know we're probably, you know, we're not going to, you know, we might see us here a bit more than we have done over these last few years. And, uh, but just love being in the church. Just love being in the family. I'm not going to go to any elders' meetings. My uh, apologies have already been sent. Uh, I'm also have the privilege of being a trustee director. I'm not going to be in any of those meetings. Uh, my apologies are already sent, just for those six months. And then we'll pick up things again February onwards, but as volunteers in the church like most of you are. Serving out of who we are. We know we're a bit of a, and not the only ones, but a bit of a mother and father in the church. And whatever we do will come out of that. And we will certainly <clears throat> seek to continue to do all that God has given us. Now there are many personal things that 
uh, we uh, have as well. People say, well, you know, have you got any hobbies? Well, I haven't had time to have many, but there are some I've got in mind. I'm going to pick up. I won't go into all the details now. You can ask me that later. <laughs> We've got grandchildren, one of whom will be Catherine looks after at the moment, Grandma Days, twice a week. It'll be Grandma and Grandpa Days. We have family in Japan and our son and daughter-in-law and two grandchildren there are going to spend the first month, pretty much all of August with us, which we're thrilled about after three years. We've not seen them since then and it will be really precious. And then we'll just see how it all goes. Catherine's got a long list in her head. (laughs) I haven't seen it yet. I'm I'm in fear and trepidation. (laughs) I'll be your boss now, sort of thing, you know. <laughs> and uh, we, we will rest. I have books that I want to read. I, want, I have a God I want to keep seeking and spending time with. But we're very much still a part of the family. We love you too much. And we ain't going anywhere. <laughs> what I want to share in terms of the preach, and I haven't got much time, is looking to the future. Hang on a minute, you're just talking all about the past. But I tell you what, there are three things I just want to share relating to how we felt called to this place in the first, time, uh, first place. Investing in the next generation is the first, generations is the first thing I just want to share. My first preach, and I've preached countless sermons was when I was 15 years old in a school assembly after I made a dramatic decision to follow Christ wholeheartedly and it totally transformed my life, so much so that I was asked by a senior member of staff in this school of over a 1,000 students to tell them what had happened to me. You could have heard a pin drop and a few came to Christ. And then when I was 17, the youth leader of the church I was then in, whose name was David Ling, who has many years ago gone to be with the Lord, was invited to go and be the speaker at a crusader, now called Urban Saints, camp in Welling Garden City. And he asked me if I'd go with him. Unbeknown to me, he saw something in my life and gave me space with little preparation to do more of the preaching and teaching that he did at that camp. And he discipled me, and he schooled me, and he fed back everything that I had done before. And he set me on a path of leadership and of bringing things out of God's word that I've never looked back on. And I was 17 years old. When I was 19, we were at teacher training college in London and I became for two years the Christian Union president and we saw the Spirit of God move mightily. Many conversions, many baptisms with the Spirit, many mighty things going on. And during that time, we actually were shaped and encouraged by local church leaders and fellow students like Colin and Ruth Matthews over there. And then 
we moved to Bedfordshire, first teaching job, Biggleswade, and ended up, Catherine and I, leading services in so many chapels in villages and small towns across Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Cambridgeshire. And I was 22, 23, 24. And then after that, we gathered people in our own home. Some who just got saved, like the late and wonderful Alan Byfield and his wife Ruth. And then people started to gather to this from across not just Bedfordshire but Hertfordshire and Cambridgeshire. People like Tim and Sue Bennett and many others I could name but I'm naming these ones because you know them. Until we grew to so many, over 200, that we didn't have one venue in the town we were in. We had to move to Sandy Upper School. And then we planted out of their churches into places like Letchworth and Dunstable and Peterborough. We saw God do some amazing things. And I was set in full-time as an elder there when I was 27. Now why am I telling you these things? Not because I have a life before Woodside. Not because my leadership ministry actually didn't start 25 years ago it started 50 years ago but because there is a generation that needs to be given space and investment to lead what God has for his church and his kingdom next And we feel a passion about that. And I am thrilled that we are seeing in this church people coming through. When we prayed for Hudson and handed over, wonderful Sunday morning, back in March, uh, to actually take over from us the responsibility of leading our Woodside Church, Great Denham Congregation. All the emphasis were praying for him and Vidya, seeing what God was doing in their lives and praying for them and God's anointing them. Tremendous time. And someone quietly came up to me and said, how do you feel? How do you feel? And I just looked at her and said, I'm a very happy man. Because there's another generation coming through. I am so encouraged with people like Luke Clements. I am so encouraged with people like Debbie Tooth. I am thrilled to see what God is doing across our staff team, which is absolutely amazing. I know that Martin has many things to share, which he's still keeping up his sleeve, but will be at some stage. As we look to the future... There is amazing things happening. And this is so well established in the scripture. The scripture is peppered. You know, Moses and Joshua we've been hearing about recently. <laughs> Hannah and Samuel. Naomi and Ruth. Jesus and his disciples. Priscilla and Aquila and Apollos. I mean, so many who gave their lives in their generation to invest 
in those that were in the next generation and the next generations coming through. 2 Timothy 2.2, you know this so well. You've heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. As iron sharpens iron, Proverbs 27.17, so one person sharpens another. We can all be involved in being sharpened by others and also sharpening others. Psalm 78, 4-7. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children. And then verse 7 says this, so each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. When I was a young leader, people believed. In fact, Catherine and I, people believed in us. They mentored us. They challenged us. They were gracious to us. They gave us opportunities for ministry and space to lead and to grow. And the people we pastored and led, and this is for all of us, supported us encouraged us, had grace for us as we learned. Sometimes and many times we learned the hard way and we learned through our mistakes and through our weaknesses. And we must do the same. I could keep going through names I'm thrilled with. But thrilled to see Ollie already looking at teenagers. I was 15. Teenagers upon whom the hand of God is. But we all play our part. Think, oh, so-and-so's not preaching this time. Why can't we have the favourite one? And we give grace to the new one and we suddenly discover God's anointing all over them. I believe for us We mustn't let that vision go. And for Catherine and I, one of the biggest things we believe about our retirement is to be that for the next generations. The next thing is reach Bedford and reach the world. And I just want to tell you, if you've not heard it before, the story of one family in this church that started in the year 2000, 22 years ago. And I'm going to say it very briefly, and they know this already and I have their permission, but it's the story of the Patel family. And I'm starting with Pratima and Naunit, who are right here. Do you understand? You can 
and sit down again now, but <laughs> unless you want to stand with me for the moment, which you're welcome to do. Pratima came to Bedford in the year 2000, beginning of the millennium, as a qualified nurse working in one of our famous care homes within this town, well known in this church. A devoted Hindu who Susie Thaysen invited to Alpha and she tentatively went along and found Jesus and her life was transformed and found Woodside Church who loved her and she loved and she's been part of the family ever since. Now Neet and the children, Jeet and Krishna joined uh, some, while, some while later wondering what had happened to mum and now Neet became a Christian. Jeet was healed of asthma miraculously and Jeet and Krishna both in turn came to know Jesus part of our family. Just at the beginning of last month, they're here too, I had the privilege of conducting the marriage service for Jeet and his lovely wife, Jemima. Do you understand you two? Pretty stunning wedding photo on the background there. <laughs> and at that particular wedding, where family and friends gathered literally from all around the world, from as far as Vancouver in Canada, the United States, New Zealand, Australia, all over different parts of India, and indeed different parts of Europe and the UK. Over 300 people gathered for this wedding. Many of them still are Hindus. Some were Muslims, others Christians. As well as conducting the wedding, Jeet and Jemima asked if I would also speak, give a message at the wedding. And my message was this. Jesus has shown us how to love each other. It included the cross, the gospel, how he laid down his life. Greater love is no man than this, that he lays down his life for his friends. And then Jesus promised to help us to love each other. He gives us the resources by the power of his spirit. And then thirdly, Jesus told us who to love. And I said to Jeet and Jemima, it's not just about you two loving each other, although it's a very special moment at this wedding, but also... It's about loving those that God gives you as a sphere of influence beyond. And as I finished, this has never happened. I've done many, many weddings as well as funerals <laughs> over these years. There was a spontaneous applause. And it's never, I've never had that in a wedding before. When you've given a message, you know, while well, the minister does his thing and that's it. You know, let's get on with the celebration and the... Reception, but there was a spot. And as I, at that moment, I'm looking not just at Christians applauding, but many relatives and friends who are still Hindu and some Muslims. And I'm thinking, there's a harvest field here. 
spend a longer time with all these people, you could end up with a church. (laughs) And the potential yet to see many more from other nations to become devoted followers of Christ from around the world through the influence of this church is very real. Some who live here and some through connections with those who are here who live all over the planet. Reach Bedford and you'll reach the world. And to those of you who are here from other nations and who are very much of the Woodside Church family, thank you for being here. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for being the blessing you are to all of us. For enriching all of our lives and for playing your part to make this church family what we have become. Each of you is a doorkeeper to another community of people who are loved by God even if they do not yet know it. Jemima's brother Kevin, and Rebecca's here too, whose mum, Rebecca's son, actually said this in his speech to Jeet and Jemima. He said, Jeet and Jemima look around, and they looked around at this 300 odd people. And as they looked around, he said, this is your community. These are the people who've come here to celebrate, but in life will give you support. People you can talk things through with. People who will go through good and difficult times with you. This is your community. And if you think about it, every one of us in this room has community beyond Woodside itself. Of course we're community, we have identity together, we're family, but you also have community. It could consist of family, friends, colleagues, neighbourhood, for different ones it's different things, interest groups, but at least one community, maybe more for most people. And we need to encourage one another to shine for Jesus in those communities because there's a harvest field there waiting. And Jesus illustrated this beautifully when he'd had a conversation with a woman at the well, as recorded in John 4. And as he, uh, his disciples were surprised, he was having this conversation. And Jesus says this in John 4, 35. He says this, Do you not say uh, do, uh, that there are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. And then we read that 39, many Samaritans from uh, that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. The power of your story as to what Jesus is doing in your life, in your community, wherever that is, is very powerful indeed.
use it for all your might. And let's pray for each other as we seek to do that. I'm going to skip the rest of those uh, verses there, uh, Richard. God has already used many of you to make an impact where your own community is both here and in the UK and back home. I believe a spark has been lit, a runway laid, and I believe the best is yet to come for us as a church as we seek to go, not just to many different countries, but other communities that all of us have, language groups, nations, interest groups, families. Please, God, may we see a harvest in these days of people coming to know you. Each of us has a part to play. Here's the final thing. The future of the church. God said to us that if every place, uh, every church that calls itself a church was to do all that I wanted them to do, I would still have more for them to do in that town. If you don't go in, I won't be able to do all that I want to do in that town. I believe Woodside has a very important part to play, not the only part to play, but an important part to play in the purposes of God as we look to the future. And for each of us as individuals, we therefore have a very important part to play too. Because as a church, we consist of many parts, many individuals. That's you, that's Catherine, that's me. And we read in 1 Corinthians 15.58, this is what it says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast. Be immovable, always, and I love this phrase, always abounding, this is the ESV, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing that the Lord, that in the Lord your labour is not in vain. Wow, that's for us. Let's be like that. Let's live in the, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For Catherine and I, in our retirement, we intend to continue to play our part. Just like most of you do, as volunteers. I want to just say, I say Catherine and I, because although, for those of you who've been around any length of time, you would have seen me many, many times doing something or other on the platform, and not Catherine. We're a team. We always have been. We started, even when we were just going out with each other and engaged, we just, we just grew serving God together. We pray together, we serve God together, we talk about you, about the church, about everything together. We're in this together. And without Catherine, I would not be who I am. She is an amazing woman. And those of you that know her, know her wisdom, her grace, her love for God, her love for God's people, her knowledge of God's word, her passion for God, the kingdom and his church. And I could go on with a million other things. I'm not the man I am without her. Gift from God. 
So we want to do all that we can out of who we are and how we're gifted to keep serving. And that is true, I'm sure, for all of us. Because that's what we do. It's what church is all about. As we look to the future, we want to be a blessing. We want to have the opportunity to lead some more people to Christ, to welcome and gather some more people into our church family, to play our part in seeing us mature even more. Now, we will have less physical energy than we once had. We will get and do get tired more quickly. As we get older, our capacity will inevitably decrease and not increase. But these verses are a great encouragement to all of us. Are you ready? I'm just reading some verses as we go. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure. That's the life of Christ, the power of Christ, the light of Christ in jars of clay that this all-surpassing power, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And then 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, but he said to me, this is God saying to Paul, but also to all of us, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. As we all look forward to whatever God has for us in the future, as a church, we're also aware personally and corporately of our own limitations, weaknesses and imperfections. But the good news is that God has grace for us and it's sufficient. And if God has grace for us, we also have grace for one another. Forgiving each other as he has forgiven us. Accepting one another as he has accepted us. Loving one another as he has loved us. And serving one another as he displayed when he washed his disciples' feet in the way that he served his disciples as his friends. We believe in this church. We love this church. We Corporately, Woodside Church, I believe, are a wonderful expression of God's family together. And may we grow to be that more and more. Thank you for your humility, your support, your encouragement, your willingness to serve and beyond everything else, your love for God with all your hearts and love for one another and those around us. Let me finish off by just reading these verses from Ephesians. Now, all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. Glory to him in the church, 
and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.